Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you one more time to celebrate Jesus, to call upon the name of the Lord, to teach his word, to speak blessings over you, to edify you, to, to just do all things that pertain unto the kingdom. I'm Derek King. Hallelujah. And this week we're going to talk about Lord, teach us to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you teach us to pray. Teach me to pray, Holy Father. Teach my brothers and sisters to pray, Holy Father. More than that, move upon us to pray. Let a prayer anointing fall upon everyone that's under the sound of my voice, Lord. Give them, give them a drive to pray, Lord, a, a, a unction to pray, Father, a spiritual hunger to pray. Let that fall upon my brothers and sisters, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. How many know that things happen bad around us when we don't pray? Things happen bad in the nations, in the countries, when people get to a point in time when they don't pray. I want to give you um, uh, some history. Back when our my grandparents was young, you know, they might have been oppressed uh, during segregation. But the reason they got out of that oppression was by prayer. It was a whole group of them praying, whole race of people praying. And do you know they probably had more righteousness under oppression than you have now with so-called freedom? I want you to think about that. You know, my grandparents said they used to be able to sleep with the doors unlocked. Yeah. You didn't have to worry about your neighbor stealing from you. You know why? Because it was a heavy prayer knowing. Now the prayer was motivated by being oppressed, but sometimes oppression and war and things of that sort, it brings righteousness. See, when, when, when people get under judgment, one of the prophets wrote, when, when God's judgments are in the land, people will learn righteousness. And so because of prayer, we see a lot of advancements with um, e equality. And now, you know, a lot of times nowadays, people manufacture some things. But what I'm saying is you've seen advancements in equality because of prayer, not because of folks complaining about it and and talking to the neighbor about, about this and that. No, they was actually praying. Hallelujah. And so when you, now nowadays I notice that it's a whole generation of people that don't go to church. From my age group on down, they don't even, a lot of them don't go to church. Now you might have some people going to church at your church or whatever, but I remember, um, well I might not remember, but my, my grandparents and my mother during their, their days, the churches was full. The cities was closed down on Wednesday night because of church. People Stuff was closed on Sunday because of church. People worshiped the Lord. Even if, you, even if you wasn't born again, you wasn't doing nothing on Wednesday night. You wasn't doing nothing on Sunday. You wasn't smoking or drinking. If you wanted to drink on Sunday, you had to buy it on Saturday. Why? Because it was a respect and reverence toward the Lord. Even sinners knew that, well, don't mess with them church folks. They knew not to mess with them. 
because it was a presence of God around those people. It was a protection around those people. How many understand what I'm talking about? Well, when you fall away from that, then you start seeing stuff happen that shouldn't happen because people then got away from prayer. So, you know, in, in Luke the 11, in that verse 1, it says, uh, um, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So the disciples observed Jesus praying. And he must have practiced this so much that they were like, man, this man pray all the time. Now, now this me talking, I believe they correlated him praying to the miracles he was doing. Now, let me ask you this. Did Jesus have to pray? He was God in the flesh. Did he have to pray? Well, evidently he did. Because he was down here training us. He was training the disciples and us to mimic him to act like he act so that we could operate in the power that he operated in. One place he, he prayed, he asked one of, them, one of the disciples, you couldn't pray with me for an hour. So one night he went into a mountain and continued all night in prayer. So we noticed by the scriptures that prayer was something that Jesus practiced. Now I wonder, did he have to do that? You know what I'm saying? Did he? Some people might say, did he have to pray for an hour? Did he have to pray all night? He did it. He might not have had to do it. We, if he needed to do it, <laughs> if he was God in the flesh, don't you think we ought to? We need to at least pray 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes? And I ain't talking about a prayer begging. You might have to pray a prayer begging when you're not born again and you don't know any better. But when you start to, to know better, you start to understand that you have authority in the name of Jesus and that you are kings of priests and that you are royalty and that you are seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When you start praying, you start doing apostolic prophetic decrees. See, you start releasing God's words into the earth. You start to manipulate the circumstances in the government the circumstances in your neighborhood, the circumstances in your body, in your brothers and sisters' body, neighborhood, circumstances in the nations. Jesus, uh, David, in the Psalms, either David or Moses, in the Psalms, I don't know which one wrote that particular Psalm, but it said, Lord, say, ask of me, and I give you the heathen for an inheritance. He wants us to ask for the nations. God is a God of nations. So, so the disciples noticed that it was the practice of Jesus to pray. Now, let me ask you something. How many of you pray? I ain't talking about play. I'm talking about praying. Do you have time dedicated for prayer? Do you really pray? Is your prayer like, do you pray this way? Lord, I pray for the whole world. Bless the whole world. Amen. I done heard people say that. Man, I pray for the whole world. Man, you can't pray for the whole world with faith. You don't know the whole world. I'm talking about honing in on something and praying about it and seeing the answer. Not playing, but praying. When you start to pray, God going to begin to speak to you 
And you're going to realize that a lot of that stuff is foolishness what you've been doing or haven't been doing. So you're going to realize that you need to hone in and pray specific, specifically. I give an example. I saw some on the news about a couple of weeks ago where two councilmen was having a disagreement. They was rejoining the city lines. And in my district, a black guy ran against a white woman. And I think my district might be just slightly uh, uh, black, more black than white, but the white person won. And so they rejoined the district, and I heard, heard the, 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 the black guy say, well, we want to draw the district to make sure that a black guy get in charge. And the white guy was saying, well, you had your chance, and the black person didn't win. See, if, you, if you're spiritual, you can notice that's a spiritual racial strife. God is not interested in what color the person is that be in charge. God is more interested in they're going to practice righteousness. See, Paul wrote one place. He said, pray that we have righteous people in government, that we can lead a quiet and peaceable life, not what color they're going to be. You know, mo you know uh, people because people that grew up in those type of situations where it was segregation and all that, you got to move past that and move into the apostolic, move into the prophetic, move into the will of God. Where you're judging people not based on the color of their skin, but the content of their character. I don't want somebody in there. If they white and they say, well, we need a white person in there, I don't want them in there. And if they black, they say, well, we need a black person in there, I don't want him in there. I want people in there that's going to practice righteousness because the devil don't care if you black or white. And those are things we need to pray into that God remove those type of spirits from our government. I got a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. This week we're talking about, Lord, teach us to pray. So, Father, I pray, Father, that we'll not play, but we'll pray, Father, and not say, but pray. And not say I'm going to, but actually pray. Father, move upon everyone that's under the sound of my voice. Well, when, when they say, oh, pray for me, that they'll actually pray. And they'll say, man, I'm going to pray for you, that they'll actually pray. Lord, let, let us, Lord, have mercy upon us. Forgive us for not taking prayer seriously enough. And move upon us, Lord, in a mighty way and ca cause us to pray, Father, according to your will in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, brothers and sisters, one way we want to pray, we want to pray God's will, right? Let me, let's go back to Luke 11 in that verse 1. It says, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain, certain place, when he ceased, now, now watch that, he was praying. The, the disciples didn't bother him while he was praying. They waited until he got through praying. And then one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So John taught his disciples to pray. John also taught his disciples to fast. Because one place, the, the disciples asked Jesus, why did the disciples of John fast? But we don't. And Jesus said they can't fast as long as the bridegroom is with them. But when the bridegroom leaves, that's when they will fast. And you know, in Matthew 25, it talks about the bridegroom coming back. 
and it was virgins. Some of them had prayer and fasting in their laps, and some of them didn't have prayer and fasting in their laps. Other words, it was ten virgins. Five was wise, and five of them was foolish. The foolish. The all represented the prayer and fasting, and the ones that didn't have all, mean they didn't pray and fast, and they didn't have any anointing. They had didn't have any all uh, uh, in their lamps. See, that all represent being built up by prayer. You're only built up by the word of God. You're built up by reading the word and confessing the word. And you're built up by prayer and you're built up by fasting. That's how you build the spirit of God into yourself, by confession, studying the word, reading the word, by prayer. And when you begin to do those things, you're going to be a powerhouse in the Lord. Well, it, well the disciples saw Jesus. Now, they saw Jesus fast. Jesus used to fast. He went on a 40-day fast and all that. I hadn't done that. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Not trying to put any conviction on nobody about that. I'm just saying the disciples studied Jesus and they noticed that Jesus had power. Jesus had authority. He, he would rebuke the wind and the wind would stop blowing. He'll speak to the ones that are dead and they will come out of the graves. He'll speak to the blinded eyes and their eyes will come. He said, well, he do, did that. Well, he's God in the flesh. He did it. That's why. Well, but you notice they noticed he prayed. See? It was something Jesus was doing to intensify that anointing upon him. And he was training the disciples. He sanctified himself that you may be sanctified. I remember, now this, this is a, a parable, uh, an example. My mom, when I was young, she used to always just wash the dishes after we ate. And then, you know, you know, I started, when I became a teenager, she, had, she didn't really never ask me to wash them. And I started noticing on my own that, wait a minute, she cooking and doing all the work. Maybe I should wash the dishes. So I picked that up from watching her do it, and I learned that from her. I do it now. I, I watched it. Then my, my, my son, I did the same way my, my mom did that, and they picked up. They might wash it. What I'm saying is, a lot of times, people try to get people to do something that they don't do. See, I remember Brother Hagin said one time, he said people trying to get everybody to pray. He said, I'll tell you what, you pray. See, instead of trying to get everybody else to pray, you pray. Instead of saying, hey, pray for me, pray for it. Won't you go pray? Won't you go pray for your niece that's sick and your mom that's sick? Won't you pray for them? It ain't nothing wrong with getting other people to pray, but won't you pray for them? Won't you, won't you get on your knees and ask the Lord why they're not healed and ask the Lord to honor his word. Say, Lord, your word says that by, their, by your stripes they're healed. What's going on? And, and, and keep asking the Lord and wait on them. And then obey the scriptures, lay hands on them and command them to recover and expect them to recover. And if, they, if it don't happen, don't leave it like that. Find out why. Ask the Lord. Say, what are we doing wrong? And let the Lord tell you what's wrong. Let them tell you, hey, they, they don't know about faith. Hey, they're not releasing their faith. You know, that's how this ministry is ran. I have to pray and ask the Lord what to say. I don't know what to tell you all. See, the things of God has to be ran by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is stirred up by prayer. So, they, so the disciples, they wanted to know how to pray. And at verse 2, it said, and he said unto them, when you pray, not if you pray, not if you pray, when ye pray, say. So one, one, one guy told me years ago, he said he prayed in his mind, 
because he didn't want the devil to hear him. Well, the power of death and life is in your tongue, so the devil ain't going to hear you, and the angels ain't going to hear you neither. The angels of God not going to hear you neither because the angels of the Lord hearken unto a voice of God's word. They don't hearken unto the written word. I just said something then, like, like, like my boy Derek Jones say, I just said something then. See, they don't hearken unto the written word. I remember years ago, somebody told me to keep the Bible in your house, turn to Psalm 23. Well, I remember, it was a while back, 20 some years ago, they broke in my house. Do you know that Bible was in that turn on Psalm 23? I used to drink in that house, drink beer and alcohol with the Bible turned on Psalm 23. But I wasn't praying or reading the word. Do you know that Bible didn't do anything to stop them from breaking in my house, even though it was turned on Psalm 23? The Bible didn't do anything. The Bible was turned on Psalm 23. It had dust on it. I think somebody came in there one day and rubbed their hand across it with dust on it. See, a lot of people do a lot of religious acts. Bible don't say that the angels hearken unto the, the Bible turned on Psalm 23. It say the angels hearken unto the voice of God's word. If you want to know what that is, that's in Psalms 103 and 20. As you give voice to the word of God, then the angels of the Lord will work on your behalf. Well, they said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Verse 2, and he said unto them, when you pray, say. So you got to say something. You got to say something. You can't be solid. See, a lot of people saying, pray for Ukraine. Now I didn't said it. But you know what? The time to been praying was before it happened. And, and, and get a prophetic word. God got people that are prophets that were, that said Russia was planning on invading the whole uh, countries, all of the countries that they once lost. Another prophecy came forth. China going to invade Taiwan, and they have their eyes on 10 more countries in that Pacific. Yeah. You think we need to wait for China to attack to start praying? Another prophecy came forth that while that's going on, Iran is going to try to come into Israel. How many things we need to pray about that now? You, do, you, do you think that your prayers don't matter? What if all of us pray? These messages go to at least 60 people, and I think they forward. Some of you all forward them. What if all of us pray, Lord, intervene with the angels of the Lord. Bring peace to China. Peace to, to Israel. Peace to Ukraine. Stop the tyrants of the world, Father, in the name of Jesus. You could just say that. If all of us saying that, God will start moving. Well, he said unto them, when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven. So you pray to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Because it was more revelation as you keep reading the scriptures. Jesus said, pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. He said, hallowed be thy name. Your name is to be respected, Father. Thy kingdom come. So God won't, first of all, God is a kingdom God. He looks at the kingdoms and see how they are being ran. And his desire is that the kingdoms of this world be ran to the pattern in heaven. See, God wants you to pray for leaders so they can be influenced by his spirit. He can't do it by himself. You have to pray that God intervene, then he can do it. God don't, don't get into people's business until they ask him to. So he, he's told you to pray saying his kingdom come, his will be done in as in heaven, so in earth. 
we supposed to pray the kingdom of God into the earth. And a lot, most people are not praying it. That's why you see what's going on. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hallelujah. We're talking this week about God. Lord, teach us to pray. Father, I bless, Lord, my brothers and sisters, Lord. And I release upon them, Lord Jesus, the spirit of prayer. Lord, cause them to pray without ceasing, Lord. Lord, praying for, for, for at least 30 minutes, Lord. Reading the word, Lord Jesus. And Lord, build yourself, Lord Jesus, powerfully, Lord, within every person that is hearing my voice. Lord, give them the confidence, Lord, to know that it is you who is at work within them, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Somebody say this. Say, I know that God is at work within me. Say it again. Say, I know that God is at work within me. Say it one more time. Say, I know that God is at work within me. Hallelujah. You know, last week I talked about that God in Psalms 115, where it talks about how God has given the earth to the children of men. See, God needs a body to work in the earth. Satan needs a body to work in the earth. God really wants to have more bodies working for him in the earth than Satan. But he don't have to. That's why he wrote stories like Gideon winning with the 300. See, one will put 1,000 to flight. Two will put 10,000. God don't have to uh, be equal to the number of people on his side to destroy Satan. But he do need a, a percentage. He need 300 out of a million. You see what I'm saying? He needs you. Uncle God wants you. You know how they had the thing where they say, Uncle Sam wants you? Well, our Father in heaven, he wants you. He wants you on his team. So that's why Jesus died and paid for your sins. See, sin separated men from God, but God took care of that problem. So you're not separated from God any longer by your sins because your sins have been paid for by the blood. I knew it was the blood for me. It is the blood for you. One day when you was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was the blood for me. That's an old song they used to sing at the Methodist church. Well, but in Ephesians, the second chapter, right? Even at the fourth verse, Ephesians 2 and 4, it says, but God. How many heard that statement before? But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved, and have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This particular scripture is letting you know that you are raised up together with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is in heaven right now, but his spirit is on the inside of you. See, there is no distance in the spirit realm. That's why he said he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So if you are in the heavenly places with Christ, Christ way up there, 
if you're seated together with him in your spirit, that means you're higher than the devil. See, the devil is the prince of the power of the air. Let's go up a little bit at verse 1 in Ephesians uh, 2 and 1. It says, and you have he quickened. Quickened means make alive. The first Adam was a living soul. That was Adam in Genesis. The second Adam, who is Jesus Christ, he is a quickening spirit, and that's what he do. He quickens you. In other words, he makes you alive. And you have he made alive, and you have he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. See, you were dead, but you were made alive. Sin and trespasses are making you dead. You were dead in your spirit. You were suffering from spiritual death. You were doing anything and you didn't have any anointing because you was dead in your trespasses and sins. But God quickened you and he made you to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He said, wherein in times past, ye walked according to the course of this world. See, you're not of this world. You're in this world, but you're not of this world. According to the prince of the power of the hour, that's Satan. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We're not disobedient any longer. If you are, you got the Satan working in you. See, the prince of the power of the air, that's the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh. If you're walking in the lust of the flesh, you're operating in the demonic realm. Not only did you lust, it said fulfilling the desires of the flesh. You fulfill that desire. And of the mind, you did whatever your body said and your mind said. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Your nature was demonic and satanic. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved, and have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now let's go back to Luke 11 and 1. So now when you pray, you're praying as a partner with God. And so whatever you say, God is going to do it. But you got to know he's going to do it. And I just revealed that to you because you're seated with him. See, when you don't know he's going to do it, you're going to pray with a prayer of unbelief and not a prayer of faith. God needs people praying with faith. When you say, I bind the spirit of, of, of Hitler. See, that, that's the spirit that's operating now. That same spirit that was in Hitler that want to take over the world. Satan want to take over the world and put people under communism. Why? Because communism don't allow you to serve God. China, Russia, the old that old spirit. Now we got we got a church in Russia now, and it's an underground church in China. But communism is anti-religion, anti-God. See, see, God is not an oppressor. Whenever you go to a church and they're trying to make you do all these rules and regulations, that's the spirit over here in the United States. Operating out of Washington, D.C. Wear your mask, do this, you got to get vaccinated. That's a spirit of oppression in a light way. But that spirit don't stop. If you don't deal with that spirit, it gets worse and worse. That's why you're seeing a big pushback because some people understand it. The, the ignorant among us don't understand it. They think 
evil is good and good is evil. But no, that stuff with mandates and all that, that's wickedness. That's that spirit of China and Russia. That's that Hitler type spirit. Because it starts off that way and it graduates to oppression. So in Luke 11, and at verse 2, he said, And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. So we got to release love and righteousness into the governments of the kingdoms, of the countries. That, that God's will will be done as in heaven, so in earth. So you need to pray that way for your country, for your state, for your city. Even on your job, you'll see people come in there with that kind of spirit and don't play, actually pray and call them out. Lord, I release the love of God in Washington, D.C. The love, Lord Jesus, your kingdom, freedom, a spirit of freedom, freedom, Lord. Freedom, Lord, from tyranny. See, you got to pray. You got to pray and not play. You got to pray over the government. You got to pray over your state government. That righteousness will be released up in there. Over your city government. That righteousness. I actually pray about it. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I declare over my city government that there will not be racism and strife. I bind the spirit of racism and strife in the city, in the state. In, in the country, and I drive it out, and I decree unity in the name of Jesus. Not unity in wickedness, but unity in righteousness. Then, so after you done pray for the kingdoms, it says, give us this day our daily bread. So then you pray for provision. Your money. You pray over your money. Then it says, forgive our sins, as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Then you pray God forgive you for your sins. It's four different levels. Then it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Then you pray that Lord will lead you that you won't have any distractions and any evil come your way. You pray for direction. That's four different levels of prayer. Didn't have a time to explain it because I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. We're talking about Lord, teach us to pray. You know, this ain't really a shouting message. And you know, sometimes I'll be wondering, Lord, am I getting through? Am I doing a good job? But basically, brothers and sisters, what I do in this ministry is not trying to make you hoop and hop and ain't nothing wrong with doing that. But I'm trying to build Christ into you through the word of God to give you intelligence. You know, see, 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 prayer is a thing of the spirit and the word of God is things of the spirit. And, you know. Most of the things we learn, we learn from what we experience from our parents, so forth and so on. While we love our parents, you know, sometimes they could have been wrong. We might love our friends, but they could have been wrong. You know, you could have been taught wrong, you know. How many of you go to the same church that you grew up in? Or how many of you vote the way your parents voted. See why it might not be nothing wrong with that. It could be. You don't know unless you study for yourself. See? Because you take a person that grew up in, um, grew up as an atheist or a Satanist. See, they might have grew up that way, but that's not right. See what I'm saying? So, a lot of times the way we was trained or taught we are, we are prisoners in the same prison that our teachers were in 
until we stop to pray and to read the word on our own and ask the Lord to give us revelation. How many understand that? If you never ask the Lord to give you wisdom or ask the Lord to give you revelation, you could be a prisoner to the way you was taught, to the way you grew up, so forth, and so on. Well, let's go to uh, the Luke, the 18th chapter, and at the first verse. Father, I bless the ears of the hearers of these words, and Lord, I decree over them that the spirit of prayer is coming upon them like never before. Brothers and sisters, there was one place in the Old Testament where as long as Moses' hands were up, the children of Israel prevailed in war. But when his hands got weary, and they went down, the enemies of Israel would win. Prayer is a way to keep your hands up. See, if, if especially with baby Christians, baby Christians, they might have a hard time going to church. They might have a hard time living right because they're baby Christians. They hadn't been built up in prayer and in reading the word. That's why when you have people brand new in the Lord or young in the Lord, the elder saints have to keep praying for them constantly to keep them stable. Well, this same thing works over neighborhoods. It works over your household. You got to constantly pray over your spouses and your children. It works over your neighborhood. You got to constantly pray over your neighborhood because the devil want to bring in the devil. The devil want to bring demons in, want to bring demons into your home, demons into your neighborhood, demons into your city, demons into your state, demons into your country. And if you're not praying, the devil is always praying. His bunch, they always busy. He got people too. And his people, they practice witchcraft and sorcery. They, they pray and they fast to Satan. And so if we're not doing our job, because our God has more power than Satan, but if we neglect to pray, see, and then there's nothing God can do because he turned this thing over to us. And if enough of us want evil, God will allow evil. See, just like enough people wanted uh, gay marriage, and it passed because it was enough people on the Satan side fighting for it. And the major majority was solid. You ever heard of a solid majority? Well, if the majority stays solid, the wickedness is going to win. It's just like when appeasement, when they let, allow Adolf Hitler to do what he did, he went on ahead and kept moving forward. See, Satan don't stop. He's going to take whatever you let him take. If you let the devil live in your house, he ain't going to move out. When you try to kick him out, he's going to say, well, you got to give me a 30-day notice. Well, you should have never let that devil in your house. How many understand where I'm coming from? So God has given you the ability to dominate where you are. You dominate through prayer. God answers prayer. You're seated together with him in the heavenlies. And he wants to answer prayer, but most people don't pray. You'd be shocked how many people don't pray. They complain, and they say what well, needs to happen, but they never really pray about it. They say they're going to pray, they might pray, we need to pray, but they never actually do it. I didn't do it myself. Be saying, well, I'm going to pray about that. Yeah, we need to pray, and we never stop to have a prayer meeting. Man, we need to pray on that. No, let's do it now. Folks learn to do it right then. Don't, don't say, well, I'm going to pray. Do it then. Do it right then. Take two or three minutes. 
Tell them the Lord you appreciate them then. Pray on the spot. Men ought to always pray and not to faint. Luke 18 in that verse 1, and he spake a parable unto them to this end. That men ought always to pray and not to faint. I remember one summer I had to keep quoting that. I said, Lord, you told me to pray so that I won't faint. It's illegal to me to faint. It was so hot. I think it was 100 degrees for about a month straight. And I was like, Lord, I refuse to faint because if I pray, I can't faint in the name of Jesus. Verse 2 says, saying, there was in a city a judge with feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him saying, avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I fear not God, nor regard man. Now this dude, he's wicked. He don't fear God and he don't care nothing about man. That means he's not a great person. Yet because this widow troubled me, I will avenge her, at least by continual coming, she wearied me. Now, a wicked man saying he's going to answer a prayer of this widow woman. A wicked man. Now, we know that Jesus is not wicked. How many? Let, let me ask y'all this, brothers and sisters. And this in the realms of faith. When God said, by his stripes you're healed, did, did, he, did he mean that or not? When Jesus said, Jesus became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. Did he mean that or not? You know why people fail to gain gain uh, what's theirs? It's because they don't pray about it and they don't release their faith in it. If they pray about it, they don't believe it. See, that, this is what prayer and reading the word does and confession mainly. Confession calls your heart to believe what's written. Because the word of God can be contrary to natural thoughts. It's contrary to your body. That's why Abraham said he considered not his body. Because the word of the Lord was contrary to his body. God said he was going to have a baby. His body said he was too old. His body and Sarah's body. God said he was going to have a baby. And his mind said he was too old. But the spirit of God on his human spirit let him know that God couldn't lie. And he might have to confess, I know my God don't lie. I know my God don't lie. I know my God don't lie. And when God sees his faith constant, that's when the promise make become made manifest. No matter how long it takes, when your faith stays con constant, your, your manifestation will appear. See, but you can negate that by letting yourself get into unbelief. So a wicked man said he's going to avenge this woman. In verse 6, it says, And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cried day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. Though he bear long. See, sometimes God will bear long. But it tells you that he wants you to cry day and night. Night and day, let incense arise. Let the fire of the altar never burn out. That's a song by Eddie James. See, God wants you to cry day and night. Pray. Simply pray. Simply pray. Pray in the daytime. Pray at night. Verse 8 says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, 
Shall he find faith on earth? Shall he find faith? Shall he find people that's praying and mixing it with faith? Brothers and sisters, God is a prayer answering God, but you got to pray. Hallelujah. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Blessings upon you, brothers and sisters, on this Friday. Hallelujah. I'm glad that you're with me. I'm glad that you chose to listen to me. And I bless you. And I decree that favor surrounds you as a shield. I release that upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus. You know, brothers and sisters, every time I pray that, you might think nothing has happened, but something is happening. See, right now, you know how to read. You know how to write. Do you know that you didn't learn that overnight, but you can't pinpoint exactly when you learned it? Think about that. You couldn't pinpoint exactly when you could pronounce a big word. You couldn't pinpoint exactly when you could spell your name, but you know that you can. You could read a book. You could read an article if you had to. You don't know the exact point when you learned it, but you can't. That's how ministry works. Christ is building himself into, you might think things you've heard are insignificant. You might say, well, that word was okay. You know what? Every word of God that is coming into your hearing, it is building you up some kind of way. But I'm going to say this, every negative word you listen to and entertain, it builds you into the opposite direction. God wants to build himself into you and Satan want to build himself into you because he is a copycat. There's nothing wrong with being a copycat. It just depends on which cat you're copying. Hallelujah. Matthew, the 16th chapter. We're talking about Lord, teach us to pray. Matthew 16 and 16, it says, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee. But my Father which is in heaven, and I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, what is the rock he talking about? The rock, even though God called Peter Cephas, which means little rock, little stone, Paul recognized that because he called him Cephas in, in one of his writings. Jesus referred to Peter. His nickname he gave Peter was Cephas. Little stone, little rock. But what Jesus is talking about here upon this rock, he's talking about revelation. Revelation. Hallelujah. So the spirit of revelation and wisdom has to come upon you so you'll know what to pray about. Now I'll give you a little natural revelation. You could know what's operating in, a, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your city or country by the characteristics of it. And a lot of people don't have discernment. A lot of people can't discern good from evil and evil from good. That's why they vote the way they vote. They vote based off that what their mother them taught them and daddy them and, and who they think prejudice or not prejudice, so forth and so on. That's how they vote. But I vote based off, do the person policies represent what the word of God says? Do they condemn what God condemn or do they stand for what Satan stand for? And it's very simple. You can look at a person, you can see what they stand for. If a person stand for 
things that God say is demonic, you know that they're demonic and they're being controlled by the wrong spirit. God's kingdom is a kingdom of righteousness. Hallelujah. So God said revelation is the key. Now I pray according to revelation. Now once I see if it's if it's a lot of people getting a divorce in a certain neighborhood, you know it's a demon of, 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 of family dysfunction and divorce in that neighborhood or in a city. If you see the youth uh, uh, perpetrating a lot of violence, you know that's a spirit of murder and hatred and unforgiveness in, in the city. I mean, it's very simple. Well, you can't let that stay there. You have the authority to drive it out. You, you, how many understand that? What, whatever you see is characterized by the personality of the people that's controlling the things. Demons want to express their personality through a person. See, if a person uh, is full of lust, that's going to manifest in that person. You're going to see what they're doing and so forth and so on. Murder, hatred, unforgiveness. You'll see those demons manifest through the person by how they act. You'll know what spirit is operating by how they act. It's that simple. You don't if you if you know a person or see what's going on, you don't need a spiritual revelation. Now, if you go to a city which you don't know or you're not familiar with it, you ask the Lord, what, what's the strong man over this city? And wait on the Lord to give you the wisdom. He'll give it to you. Because actually he wants you to do something about it. God don't want you to leave people in the shape they're in. He don't want you to be in the shape you're in. Unless you're in good shape. So, Revelation, at verse 19, it says, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, it's keys to the kingdom of heaven. How many want to know those keys? What does a key do? It unlock things. See, and whatsoever thou, that's you, shall bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. These are the keys to the kingdom, binding and loosing, binding and loosing. Well, last week, last Saturday, somebody gave me a, a, a Mardi Gras packet or whatever. I didn't, I didn't even ask for it. They were being nice to me. And it was in a Ziploc bag. It was a cup holder and a, um, some other Mardi Gras stuff. I'm not in, I don't celebrate that. But on the outside of the packet, it had um, uh, Ebenezer Cain or somebody with Cain on it. Um, Emmanuel Cain. I'm like, Emmanuel Cain? Who in the world is Emmanuel Cain? Well, in Mobile, Alabama, they, they uh, had this thing called Mardi Gras. And the origins of Mardi Gras are demonic. And so it finally it came to me suddenly by revelation. I said, they talking about Joe Kane. They got a day called Joe Kane. Well, the cup holder in the packet, it said church death. And it was one of them things you put your can drink in and it hold a drink to keep it cool. It had church death. Uh, you know how they have um, merch. They have uh, icons on cup holders where they advertise or something, but it said church death. Then it had some roses, black roses in there. There was one real roses, but they was artificially made. They were black. I said, my world, 
like like them old folks say, my world, why would somebody want to give me some crap like this? Well, I threw it away. Well, you know, on Joe Kane day, they act like they're um, widows of Joe Kane and go to the graveyard. What they're doing is they're practicing witchcraft, and you all don't know it. You pr you're participating in an altar of witchcraft, a witchcraft celebration, and they're decreeing it, church death. Well, we had a prayer that same day, that Sunday, and we and I started decreeing church growth. Well, my decree is going to overpower the Satan decree because my God is stronger than Satan. But watch this. If Satan is decreeing and you're not decreeing, guess who's going to prevail? If Satan is praying and you're not praying, guess who's going to win? Because the earth is given to us. So I say I bind the spirit of church death. I bind the spirit of witchcraft that's operating against the church in Mobile, Alabama in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I drive it out of this city. And I loose the spirit of church growth. I loose the spirit of church growth. I loose the spirit of hearing the word, the spirit of evangelism. I, use, I loose the spirit of deliverance from the powers of witchcraft in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I decree that my words will be heard that the ministries of God will be heard and that the church will grow like never before. Grow like never before. Grow like never before in Mobile, Alabama, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, I ain't gonna let these witches and warlocks whoop God. Now, I'd like for other people to join me, but one will put a thousand, two will put 10,000. I'll do like Elijah. If I have to, I'll pray by myself. But these are the keys to the kingdom of heaven. It's binding and loosening. The devil is trying to bind up the church. He got decrees wrote all on. Uh, that's what I saw. Ain't no telling what else they they're doing and saying. They're practicing witchcraft. And they got people think they're Christians participating in witchcraft. They say, oh, ain't nothing wrong with it. Well, you, you're blinded by the devil. You're under who have bewitched you. Hallelujah. Well, brothers and sisters, get to praying and binding and loosing. I love you. Have a great weekend. Be blessed.